And while hearing the, the word Tibet and the flag, Tibetan flag, their expressions completely changed. And then uh, they started talking uh, among themselves in Chinese and they started discussing on their phones in these um, WeChat groups that they had. Tibet is an independent country with uh, their their own people and their own cultural and national identity. All of it, though. I remember playing it when I was in school. Like, we used to have these second Saturday breaks, right? So used to play. I'm more like a FIFA guy than a Counter-Strike. But The yeah. Chinese uh, youngsters, they took advantage of the moment to creep up behind us and uh, literally snatch the, the flag off my back. Unsilenced Voices of Young Tibetans is a podcast presented by the Foundation for Nonviolent Alternatives, where young Tibetans share their personal stories, experiences, opinions, and journey in exile. Tashidilaik, namaste, and welcome to our FNVA podcast, Unsilenced Voices of Young Tibetans. In today's episode, we will engage on the recent viral incident where a Tibetan in the city of love that is Paris, displayed our very own Tibetan national flag on a world event that caught the attention of the CCP and its followers, which eventually led to the disruption of the live stream in the mainland China and was further followed by several unruly acts towards him and his colleague. We have with us the very Tibetan who displayed our flag. He is someone who is interested in video games and is passionate about Tibet, to say the least. Without any further ado, I welcome our guest, Din Sangola. So, Tsangula, thank you for joining us, firstly. And like before we get into the nitty and gritty of the incident that occurred and is making several news around the world, can you tell us who is Dendin Tsangula? Um, hello, everyone. Uh, I am a Tibetan refugee in exile, currently living in France since um, 20, 2018. And... Um, for now, I am studying uh, finance and business management in a French university since last year. Yep. So, Sankola, I think we, our paths crossed each other when we were in TCB, though we did not engage that much, but we saw each other and, you know, at times we also played football, basket and some games together, like at TCB, TCB Seliqui in particular. So, while growing up in TCB, like, were there any major takeaways from your time there? Um, yes, I do remember you from TCV, even though we were not that close, because um, I think it's due to the difference in um, in a class, because we were not in the same classes. But yeah, I do remember you. And um, growing up in TCV, um, I can say proudly that um, it has instilled a sense of cultural identity and a sense of community inside me, which uh, I have been carrying with me since um, since um, leaving TCV. And um, yeah, I think that that is one of the biggest takeaways that um, I learned in by growing up in TCV. Even I definitely felt that because for me, like growing up in an Indian school and firstly coming to TCV, learning about the our own very community sort of gave me the push and made me realize how important our culture, our heritage and what it means to be a Tibetan. So these sort of things were what I also took away from TCV. And I could rightly see that even you felt the same thing when you were growing up in TCV. So with time, as you rightly pointed out during your intro, you eventually moved to Paris and you're currently doing your studies there. But settling in Paris, and one thing is very evident, that is the growing number of Tibetan diasporic community there. So you yourself being there, do you find any major differences between Paris and while you were back in India? Um... 
Well, back in India, I we we kind of lived in a uh, an isolated um, village. It was not really a large city like Paris, right? So obviously, it's got there's gonna be like socio economic differences, and um, other than that, um, I don't I don't really know what to say because uh, in the end, we are all humans, and whether we live in cities or we live in villages, we all have the same um, tendencies and characteristics. I feel. Indeed, Sangpa, definitely. Like at the end of the day, regardless of wherever you are, we are the same human beings. So, like now, I think we can go ahead and talk about the major theme of our session today, which is what happened on the twenty-first of May, two thousand twenty-three, during the Counter-Strike Go World Championship, which is also popularly known as the Majors, and it was held in Paris, France, where you are currently settled. And which you also attended, and during this event, you proudly displayed our Tibetan national flag. But the thing that happened afterwards were, was how you was eventually confronted, harassed, and even assaulted by misinformed Chinese youths. On top of this, because you displayed our national flag on the event itself, like what netizens and a lot of Twitter and social media followers observed was that how the very Live streaming of this event was disrupted for several minutes in mainland China. So instead of me speaking about what was happening and what happened, could you tell us what prompted you to firstly display our Tibetan flag and what unfolded there? Like what really happened there? Well, um, before I tell my story, I would like to just explain a bit that um, um, share with you guys that. Um, we all have different um, interests and passions in life, right? So you have some people who like basketball, some people who like football, or and then you have someone like me who is um, um, into technology and um, and video games. So um, I thought to myself uh, before attending that maybe I can use this opportunity to to represent our our culture, our people, our identity on the international stage, and. Um, since uh, this game is very popular in China, I felt like um, it would be a really good opportunity to to raise awareness about our our cause among, especially among the Chinese youth, because um, we can clearly see that most of them are brainwashed since their since their childhood by the the CCP. Um, so yeah, so um, to start the story. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was with my brother, right, my younger brother, and um, we were planning on on um, on hoisting the Tibetan flag uh, during the the introduction part. That's the part where um, where the host uh, at the at the event they call upon all the players and um, they introduce them one by one on this um, stage in the middle. So I thought to myself, maybe it would be good if um, I place myself directly behind them, so that. Um, uh, so that they could uh, see our flag in the in the live stream, right, in front of all the foot um, cameras. So um, as I was waiting there, um, you, you have to wait like an hour or so before the the actual event starts. So while while queuing up uh, in that spot and keeping my place, um, I met two um, Chinese youth, and I knew they were Chinese because they had a huge um, Chinese flag uh, in their hands, which they were planning to hoist right next to me. Actually, and um, and so like um, they started by asking me from where I was and um, my identity, and uh, I jokingly told them to guess because um, I thought they would know, right? 
judging by the flag on my on my back. But um, they told me that they didn't know and that um, they were like, sorry, we're poor at geography. Like, we don't know what country you're from. We don't recognize that flag. So I was like, um, it's okay. Yeah, that's the flag of Tibet and I'm Tibetan. And while hearing the, the word Tibet and the flag, Tibetan flag, their expressions completely changed. And then uh, they started talking uh, among themselves in Chinese and they started discussing on their phones in these um, WeChat groups that they had for for with other Chinese uh, youngsters which were present at the event, I guess. So um, soon uh, before the event started, they left their place that they had been waiting hours for. And, and my guess is that um, they probably didn't want to be in the live stream uh, next to a Tibetan flag in case they get in trouble uh, when they go back to China, right? So um, the story starts here. And um, during the match, there was really no problems because everyone were in their places and cheering uh, and um, enjoying the match, right? But um, as you can see in, um, in the video on Twitter where this... Um, group of Chinese youngsters when they approached me that was during the the halftime which is a break for like 10 to 15 minutes I think and so uh, when the halftime started um, there was this huge group of Chinese youngsters who approached us approached us and when I counted them, uh, I counted around eight Chinese youngsters in a group and um, there were only there was only one or two who could who could like barely speak English and um, so, yeah, the the first guy, the, the, the Chinese guy, the guy in the cap, in the white shirt, he approached me and he directly started speaking in Chinese to me. But I could not understand a word uh, because I don't speak Chinese. I am not Chinese, right? Which I explained to them. And um, they were like, no, 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 you are not Tibetan. You are Chinese. You have to speak Chinese. They were literally forcing me to speak Chinese, even though I could not. And um, I told them, no, you, we can speak in English if you want. And then um, they started um, calling our flag trash and uh, they started saying things like your people are trash, your flag is trash, um, you, should be, you should be proud of being Chinese, things like that. And I was like, and you can see some parts in the video where I was like, no, um, you are Chinese, you have no right to see if I'm Chinese or not. Like I'm Tibetan, it's my national identity, my, my own choice, right? which uh, they refused to, to understand and cooperate. And uh, in the end, I, we, um, the, the discussion became pretty heated. And I, I, I told them, like, we were not in China, we're in France, uh, a free and democratic country with freedom of speech and freedom of expression, and that you cannot oppress someone just because their, their opinion and their identity does not align with yours, right? Which uh, I explained to them, but they were unable to explain it. And from one point of view, I can understand because imagine being in their place, like since your birth, since your whole childhood, you are being fed this propaganda by the, the Chinese government. Like I can imagine like it would be really difficult to think out of the box and try to see it from a new perspective. But um, yeah, so in the end, I decided to go call security. Um, but unfortunately, the, the, the arena was really jammed. Like it was packed to the full since it was the final major. And um, the security could not really bother to help uh, help uh, us because he was too busy, I think. And um, but thankfully, um, after the halftime um, halftime break, the, the the group, the Chinese group, uh, they dispersed and they went back to their places. I think it's because um, they were scared of getting kicked out by security, uh, which would ruin their ruin their moment, right? 
So um, in my head, after that, I thought that that was the all. I thought that that was all to it. But um, unfortunately, um, uh, at the end of the match, when our our team they won, everyone just um, stood up to cheer. Right, everyone rushed towards the stage to run towards the player and cheer for them when they when they won. In the end, in all that hustle and bustle, the um, the Chinese uh, youngsters they took advantage of the moment to creep up behind us and uh, literally snatched the the flag off my back. And um, yeah, the one one Chinese guy he ripped it off my back and he quickly passed it to another uh, friend of his, which uh, then took it and ran all the way back in the in the crowd. And so uh, I was unable to retrieve it. And um, yeah, and as I kept shouting like, "Give me back my flag!" Like, how dare you you raise your hand on someone and literally steal private property in front of thousands of people, right? Uh, and even the there were people behind us who were literally shocked by seeing that. Like, nobody would expect it. Like, also, like it's it's not like I did anything illegal or 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 anything like that because in the arena you have uh, you have the audience that comes from all over the world. Like you have players and uh, their supporters. They come from Ukraine, France, Belgium, Norway, everywhere in the world. So like, why would they target me spe- specifically? Instead, like, it's literally um, a case of um, oppression, of freedom of expression, in, in my opinion. And um, yeah, and due to that, um, the the there was a lot of tension between the between us. And um, they were literally menacing my brother and I by waiting behind us, in acting like acting like they were going to do something like when when we get out of the arena, right? But uh, thankfully, um, we had a large friend group that was waiting outside um, just in case to defend us from this from this group of Chinese. So when we got got out, we got together with our friends, and um, yeah, when they saw our friends, uh, they could not even gather the courage to. To approach us and they they all ran away so in the end uh yeah i could not retrieve my my flag and um later that night when i got home i looked up on twitter in case if there has been any um if anyone has been has reported it and uh, i soon found out that um there was an independent chinese journalist on twitter who had posted posted this incident on their twitter and which had gained enormous amounts of traction that night and uh, through these posts and um, replies, I found that um, the the Chinese guys who stole my, our flag they had posted it on on their own social media called Weibo or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. And um, Weibo, Weibo. Yeah, they had posted our our flag as they. Um, to, to deviate from the point, uh, I think I find it pretty cool that. Um, like in the moment, in in the heated argument of the moment, I did not really have the opportunity to to film everything, because my goal was to just be a, be able to get on stream, show our flag, and then go back to my place. Right? I I never planned on getting in a heated argument or or even get physical with someone else. Like it was not in my plan. So I did not really get the opportunity to film anything, but um, thankfully, um, those youngsters they did all the jo- all the work for us for me. <laughs> Because uh, you can see all the videos, all the photo proofs on Twitter, and most of them are posted by them on their own social network, uh, Weibo. And um, yeah, as uh, as I 
um, as I used uh, Google Translate to to read each and every one of those uh, replies, I soon found out that um, um, I have I have I had accomplished my goal of uh, spreading awareness about our our cause, especially among the Chinese youth who are oblivious to it due to um, CCP propaganda and um, censorship. Yep, definitely, Tsangwa. And it's very sad to see such things happening at such a, you know, like a popular gaming platform. Yeah, like Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. Like, I yeah. remember playing this game. I'm not that fond of it, though. I remember playing it when I was in school. Like, we used to have these second Saturday breaks, right? So, used to play. I'm more like a FIFA guy than a Counter-Strike. But, yeah, it's still enjoyable. And if you want, you can highlight what Counter Strike is. I think a lot of our audience don't know what it is exactly. Well, it's a it's a very very popular video game um, franchise, especially in Europe and um, in China in, at the moment. And um, yeah, the the game the, the the game this this culture has been going on since like 1999 and 2000. So it's it's been around like 23 years since the game has come out. And um, that shows that how many people support it and and watch and enjoy this. Um, this culture of video gaming, especially in Counter-Strike. And um, to add to it, um, Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike used to be banned in China um, okay. until like until like three or four years ago due to their prop, uh, their, their censorship. And right now, if the, the Chinese youth that play Counter-Strike, their version is completely different. It's, um, I mean, at the base, it's the same game, but um, the cosmetics and... Um, there are a lot of um, cosmetics and customized um, items in the game which might clash with uh, CCP propaganda or their views, right? So they quickly um, they censor everything and they release their own version of cosmetics and um, and things like that in the game. So yeah, in China, the Chinese version of Counter Strike and the international version of Counter Strike it's not exactly the same due to uh, censorship. So it's not only sad to see them, you know, trying to claim. The people enjoying this game, but also, you know, censoring the game itself. And this very incident, you know, like where you were confronted like this by, you know, in some ways, I can call them like radicalized Chinese by the CCP. Like, I think Mm -hmm. some Chinese would not believe that these are their very Chinese people because not all Chinese are like that. But at the end of the day, I I think this really showcased how, you know, like the People's Republic of China and at what lengths they go to to hide their own insecurity, even adhering to this very evident what happened to you, like the transnational aggression, how, you know, like, even though this is not happening in China, like it's happening in a sovereign country, France, Paris, for that matter, like things like this are happening. So thereby also, in my opinion, it makes it very clear, like not only to me, but to everyone, how the ones ruling the PRC by the by the ones ruling, I mean the ones in Beijing, Xi Jinping, President Xi Jinping, and all those CCP Politburo members believe that Tibet is never part of their so-called motherland. And in some ways, they eventually or they themselves are persisting that they illegally occupied it. So, Tsangwa, what are your thoughts on this? And what are your opinions on our very, you know, Tibetan, on our very Tibetan sisters and brothers inside occupied Tibet who have to undergo and face what you came across in their everyday life. Yeah, as as I mentioned in uh, one of my posts on Instagram, um, like even in a free and democratic country like France, we face um, such oppression against by these main Chinese um, brainwashed Chinese youth. I cannot even imagine how um, our people back in Tibet they could be facing uh, 
the the the, the oppression and um the the suppression of their freedom of expression like they they literally have no voice um to 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 spread their opinion and um their rights and on top of this like even i mm, through my own friend denzel hunter like who you're also friends with like he was the one who broke this news out to me and eventually i shared it on social media and a lot of people had shared it so what were your feelings when you saw our own very tibetan sisters and brothers you know in the free world expressing solidarity and showing support to you and i think not only tibetans a lot of non tibetans also showed their you know support towards you so what what sort of feeling did you get <laughs> yeah, I can uh, I can say that it has been a very very wholesome uh, week for me since uh, since Monday morning. My Instagram has been blowing up with uh, messages of support and kind words and um yeah, like um I never in in a, a, a expected this much support and um solidarity among our people. Like uh, it was really heartwarming and uh, wholesome to see that. And I thank everyone for their for their support and kind words. it means a lot to me yes. so uh then sambal you rightly pointed out how you know like in the social media world this became quite viral and one thing that is very evident is how china and the people's republic of china for that matter is using the social media world to push their agenda and they have this fame 50 cent army so did you come across them while you know going through the incidents through social media well um the most of of the replies on the twitter thread that went viral they were um in our support which um i can understand because uh, i think twitter is banned in china so uh, it should be mostly uh, chinese um people that have um, escaped china to to foreign countries right or people that use vpn to to use twitter but um judging by the the post on um on weibo and uh, the the comments and the the, the replies that the, the guy received i i think that um the people are still oblivious to the fact that um tibet is an independent country with uh, their their own people and their own cultural and national identity and um i think it's important for 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 us to 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 let them know that let them know the the details about our our identity and our our history and instead of the propaganda that has been fed uh, by the the chinese government and the the false narratives that have that they have been pushing to justify their their occupation of tibet yeah and when we call their occupation they sort of tend to personify and raise how they have liberalized tibet from the mm-hmm. so called serfdom which is not a fact yes exactly which is it is very uh, ironic because um just like how how they posted all the the videos and the photos of burning and stealing our our flag and acting as if it's a it's an act of a uh, of of martyrdom and i think it shows the the irony and the and the, the, the how how it seems like so funny because because in their in their thought in their head they 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 think that they have they are trying to justify their actions but uh, in reality it's the complete opposite so i think yeah um i think it's very important to to for us tibetans especially to to help them understand our plight because um, to solve the problem we there's always two sides to a, to a story right like we have to understand their side and we have to we have to ex- be 
be better about explaining our our side of the story to come to a conclusion. So I think it's very important to to identify the problem before trying to solve it. Definitely, Sangwa. You are a person who deserves that. And in my opinion, through this, not only through this, like through your very own genuine action of taking such an, an initiative, you are a hero to us Tibetans and showed us Tibetans how we can advocate and share the truth to the world, that too on the world stage. So on that note, what sort of message do you have to our Tibetans brothers and sisters and even our tibet supporters around the world um yeah in to me personally i don't see it as a huge act um because um i felt it was just my duty as as a tibetan refugee in exile to to represent our 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 people and to to spread awareness about our cause and um i think more tibetans especially the the young ones like like our 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 age group, I think they should um, take the initiative to, well, whether how, however small it may be, like I think every step counts to to resolving uh, the issue for for our Tibetan cause. And um, to add to that, I think um, I feel like personally, um, education and um, academic um, excellence is very important in our society because often I see um, people my age uh, leaving their studies to to go on and, and work and support their families. And which, in from one point of view, I can understand because being a refugee, being someone with with no country, no identity, it must be difficult financially to, to, be, to be stable financially. But uh, at the same time, I think we can take every little opportunity, um, whether it be sports, entertainment, or anything that we can do to spread awareness about our cause. Like even uh, even what I did, it's uh, a it's basically it's literally a video game event, and uh, we can use it to our advantage to to bring our cause and our our um, struggle to the international stage. So I think more Tibetan youngsters should uh, take advantage of opportunities like this to 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 spread awareness, especially among the international stage. Definitely, Sangul. And like, this is a question which, if you want, you can answer. Like, it's just something out of the blue. Like, since Emmanuel Macron's visit to Beijing, like he, along with the European head Ursula, like there was a certain sort of optics displayed how France was cozying up to China, Xi Jinping. So, do you feel that right after his visit and his coming back, there was certain developments, or I don't know, like, what did you? Was there any evident changes that you felt or like it was like normal only like with, with regard to the Chinese people that are living inside France? Well, um, to be completely honest, um, I'm not very, um, I don't feel very qualified to speak upon what Macron does or does not do because I'm sure he must have, they, mu they must have a lot of political and economic reasons behind, which uh, I do not understand completely. But personally, um, I don't really see any difference, and uh, and yeah, to 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 add to it, um, at the event, the the group of Chinese that harassed me, they were, I'm pretty sure they were mo mostly comprised of um, mainlanders who flew from China just to just for this event because um, uh, I saw one of the 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 WeChat um, group chat icons, which was basically literally a a flag and a and a and the a flag of France and um emoji uh, of an airplane 
So yeah, and even on his uh, post on Weibo, we can see that um, they they talked about taking the flag and going back to the hotel and burning it in the in the night. Like if you read their posts on Weibo, so it, I think this proves that 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 most of those guys were from the mainland and brainwashed by the CCP. Because um, I I I don't really think that Chinese people are living in uh, the Western world would think like that because they would have more exposure and they would be able to think outside the box instead of the propaganda fed by the CCP. Definitely, Sangula. And on that note. Like the actions that you definitely portrayed during that very big live event, showcases us Tibetan youngsters and also every Tibetan around the world that even a small action can make a big noise, can make big changes. So on that note, I thank you and thank you, thank you, Sangola, firstly for taking out time and coming out to our program and you know sharing your experience. Of what really happened there, because I, as a Tibetan and as a human being, at the end of the day, believe that we must let the world know the truth about not only the things that have been happening to us, but what is happening to the Tibetans worldwide. The pleasure is all mine. It's an honor to to be on this uh, podcast to speak with you guys. It's really an honor. Thank you. More updates and reviews via Facebook. Please subscribe to our channel. Thank you for watching. Thank you.